Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 35 of our podcast that was originally recorded on August 4th of 2014. I had a small audio issue during the recording, so around the 5-6 to six minute mark, if the audio sounds a little different, I had to splice it in. But some of the news stories I discussed for the week, EA announced an Xbox One subscription service for its software. The International was watched by more than 20 million viewers. Destiny Beta had 4.6 million players in it. Sony's making some refinements to PS Now, but still no word on a subscription service. Some of the games I played for the week. Terra Mystica, Hand of Fate. And what I want to play now, of course, will be talked about as well. Elite Dangerous is one of the games. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi. I am your host for the evening and we will talk about video games and board games and other thing that I, things that I've played for the week in the world of both video and board games. Um, where can we be found on the internet? You can t- send us some emails. Um, we always like getting emails. Email us, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Um, Google Plus, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast and then follow our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Um, I set up the page which should have some information on there as when we are doing streams as well as um, some other information on the site. Uh, so check out our Twitch page. Um, I'm planning on doing normal streams usually Wednesday or way back Wednesday and then on Saturday I will try to maybe do some impromptu streams uh, throughout the week because there's a couple of games that I would like to play a little bit more than um, than just Wednesday and Saturday that I'd like to stream out so so there may be some impromptu ones during the week um, but those will be pretty much just follow us on Twitch and I will try to tweet those out when we're starting those so um, that was actually part of the studio update as well, which I just rolled into. Um, like I said, I got a bunch of the uh, Twitch stuff filled out. Uh, we are officially on iTunes. After how many months, we pretty much got ourselves on iTunes. Um, we're also on the Xbox or the Zune Music Store, so you can download us there. I'm working on getting us on um, SoundCloud and probably a few other podcasting um, locations. So I will be putting those on the site as those become available for you to download. Um, let me know if there's any place that you feel the podcast needs to be that I do not currently have it, and I will be more than happy to submit the feed. Uh, you can always also grab the feed. Um, and I have a cat up here with me, and we're going to have the cat get down because you're going to mess up the green screen and everything. And as you can see, we do have a green screen working behind me. Um, so that's one of the other things I've been working on this week, and that was really fun trying to get this whole thing set up. Learned quite a bit um, in regards to the green screen, but I think it's enough for a studio update. Let's jump into some news stories. A um, bunch of gaming news stories that we have for the week. Um, first one is, and which is just completely amazes me, caught me completely out of the blue, EA is announcing their subscription program uh, for $5 a month for Xbox One or $30 a year, and it gives you unlimited access to some of their games. They're calling it The Vault. Uh, some of the first games that are going to be available for The Vault um, is going to be FIFA 14, Madden 25, Peggle 2, and Battlefield 4. Um, some of these titles will have, uh, I believe some DLC included in them. You'll be able to do cloud saves, so if you purchase the game later, I think you'll be able to play that um, at a later date. Um, kind of sounds something similar to what Sony's offering with uh, PlayStation Now, the way they're letting you do the saves, so this way... I think that both EA, a lot of these companies are 
wanting to make sure if you do come back, you're not having to restart from square one playing their product. So I think that's a really good idea that they do this. Um, why EA is offering this? Uh, my, I, you you would think that the DLC that they're offering for most of their most of their products would be enough of a revenue resource to have their customers coming back for more, but it sounds like they want to do some sort of monthly um, type of income. I'm not really too sure how this one's going to fly, and and as you can tell from what I was talking about, this is only coming to the Xbox One. Sony pretty much turned this down. Um, I think Sony felt, from reading some of the different news stories that I've seen for the week, Sony kind of felt that this would probably be infringing a little bit or be competing with um, their PlayStation Now access which is really interesting um, considering Xbox One has the Xbox, you know, has the gold, Live Gold um, subscription that they're offering that, that you can get with their Gold subscription. Um, they have that Xbox for Gold members. Um, so Microsoft's completely fine with this, whereas Sony said, nah, and turned it down. Um, so you're only going to be able to find this on Xbox One right now currently, which is interesting. Um, We'll have to wait and see how this actually turns out for EA and whether this is a successful endeavor or not. Um, I'm not really too sure how this is going to turn out for them. I don't know if this will be something that's successful or not. I don't know if playing year-old games... Uh, you also get a 10% discount on newer stuff that you buy. You can buy digitally. And this kind of goes into the next story that, we're dis that I was going to talk about, um, that GameSpot had, where they actually talk about um, GameStop shares tumbling by like 5% after the announcement of EA. Um, when Sony announced their PlayStation Now subscription service, or rental service, I guess we should say, they don't have a subscription service for it yet. So when Sony announced PlayStation Now, from what I've read, it sounds like GameStop's stock... Um, kind of took a took a little hit as well but it was but it did recover shortly after that so we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see what really happens with um with the whole ea thing and and just see how it pans out for them so we're going to jump on to our next story here which is going to be about the international and we had a little audio glitch so i'm splicing this in so we'll see how good we can make this sound we will just keep on going with the podcast we were talking about the international is what i was trying to mention I'm not too sure where my audio cut off. Luckily, my wife was watching and texted me and saying the audio cut off. So we may have missed part of the past story, but um, technical difficulties sometimes do happen. So I am going to thank her for watching and talk about the International, which had more than 20 million viewers, Valve says. Um, still not as much as League of Legends had in their season finals um, this past year. Um, I guess they drew a total of 32 million viewers in 2013 with 8.5 million peak. Dota 2 had over 20 million with a peak of over 2 million at a time. I'm not really too sure why Dota 2's peak wasn't a little higher. Uh, especially since their numbers seem to be a little more in line um, with being on par with what League of Legends had. So um, I, I have a feeling that these tournaments are going to do nothing but grow in, as, as the years, in, in the next several years. In fact, one of the other stories that I pulled from Polygon um, was basically talking about the way esports are going to set to boom into North America this year. I really wasn't aware of a lot of the different tournaments um, a lot of the different tournaments that she was just saying that the screen behind me looks pretty cool which actually took me quite a while to figure out how to do tonight so thank you for um, letting me know that it does look good I appreciate that um, 
but I really didn't realize that there were so many different tournaments. Um, I'm guessing from what this Polygon article says that they're jumping from a total of around 9,000 to a projected 47,500 in 2014. Um, so the 9,000 was back in 2011. So in three years, it's almost five, six times um, it, it's jumping by, which is insane. And some of the numbers that they're giving here uh, for the numbers of tournaments held in 2013, League of Legends had almost over seven, or had over 7,500. Dota 2, over 5,000. FIFA, close to 5,000. Pokemon, number four on this list was 3,600. 3,600 tournaments for Pokemon? Unbelievable. I cannot believe that Pokemon was... Um, it is still as popular as it is. There, there is obviously an audience for it. I like I've talked about on previous podcasts. I played Magic back in the day. Pokemon came out um, at a time where I was much older and really just could could not get into that game. I don't, I've never even tried playing Pokemon. I have friends who has kids that have played it, and it's extremely popular among even people that I've gamed with throughout the years. So. I, I realize it's popular, but I didn't realize that there actually was that much of a tournament scene, I guess, for Pokemon. But interesting. Um, it, it's crazy the way esports is really blowing up. Um, Dota 2 was shown on ESPN. Um, they were You could watch a lot of the stuff on ESPN 3. They even had a special on ESPN 2 the one evening um, that I watched, which was which is really cool to see. So I have a feeling that uh, the more tournaments there are, the more exposure this gets. Uh, it's just going to become more popular and hopefully maybe jump up to ESPN2 and maybe even to an ESPN late night. We'll, we'll see when that happens in the next couple of years. So um, One of the other stories I wanted to discuss was a Polygon article about Nintendo, and they're losing $97 million in this last quarter even with the success of Mario Kart 8. So Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8, I guess, represented over 65% of their total sales software shipments um, in that third period, 80% which came from outside Japan. Uh, even selling that much of, of one product, it's, they, they still had a huge loss. Their handheld system appears to be what's still keeping them alive. We've always known that their handheld system is the 3DS, and well, all of their handhelds have always been extremely popular amongst everybody that's a Nintendo fan. Um, I guess they shipped over 820,000 3DS units from April to June, taking the total to over 44 million. It sounds like the Wii U's are still kind of slow, um, considering that system's been out well over a year now, I believe. Uh, they're not even close to the... They're close, getting close to 7 million, I guess, which Sony reached after a couple of months only, I think it was, so um, with the PS4. Uh, I don't want to say Wii U is hurting, and... Uh, I have a feeling when they start releasing a couple of more games that uh, the franchise games that uh, the diehard players are waiting for, they will probably sell some more units, but um, hopefully their handhelds can keep them going until they release uh, a new a new platform because the Wii U just doesn't seem to be the popular or seem, seeming to be as popular as, as they would hope. It's definitely not as popular as the Destiny beta, which is going to be our next story, next story from GameSpot, is the Destiny beta had over 4.6 million players playing it, um, which is basically the biggest beta ever for a new IP on the consoles. I was one of those 4.6 million. Uh, I talked about the game last week. For me, not being a huge FPS fan, uh, I really enjoyed the game. I thought the game was a hell of a lot of fun, had a heck of a good time with it. 
can't say enough about it. I will definitely be looking at the game when it comes out. I believe it's coming out September 9th, I believe is its release date. I was looking at some of the different editions that are available. Um, they have the Ghost Edition, which actually comes with your own ghost. That sounds like it has a voice to it and actually will talk to you. Um, you then get a ghost in-game that is similar to that. It's like a red-colored ghost. Um, they have a different collector's edition. Um, so they have and a lot of those collector's editions that ghost edition are already sold out. I guess those have gone on sale a while ago, and those are selling for a decent price on eBay right now. So if you're looking for something like that, you will probably have to hit up eBay or look to see if maybe some of the retail stores have them upon release um, if they aren't already um, pre-ordered or pre-sold. So um, Destiny, can't wait for this game. Really looking forward to it. Um, 4.6 million people playing a beta is just freaking simply amazing. That's, that's just a hell of a lot of people. Next story we're going to move on to is a story of Deep Silver. They are buying Homefront um, from Crytek. So we've talked about Crytek in the past on a couple of episodes. They've been having some issues. We've heard about developers saying they're not getting paid. It actually sounds like um, most of the North American development team kind of coming quit coming into work, it sounds like. Um, and later on, after they sold Homefront to Deep Silver. It sounds like the North American development house for Crytek is pretty much gone now. Um, so it sounds like uh, Crytek's actually trying to do some shifting around. It sounds like they want to go to maybe a more online status or do some free-to-play type of games. We'll have to see how that goes for them. As far as Homefront, um, with Deep Silver taking over the game, uh, it sounds like some of the people that had been working for Crytek are going to be moving over to Deep Silver to assist with the completion of this game, um, which is crazy because Homefront was acquired from THQ uh, for like 500000 by Crytek when they went bankrupt a couple of years ago, uh, back in December of 2012. So um, Homefront just seems to be getting passed around to different developers. So we'll see if Homefront the Revolution is maybe the next uh, Duke Nukem, who knows. <laughs> we'll see We'll see if this game ever comes, ever comes out or not. That's, that's just really crazy, though. Um, the next story was basically that I had pulled out was basically about um, Crytek UK maybe shutting down, but it sounds like um, the U.S. Ver the U.S. office is what what kind of closed up. I don't think the U.K. one did. Um, the bulk of the staff's layoff for Crytek USA, which, like I said, most of them had quit, so... Um, that's that's just it's a shame to see so many different um, development studios actually laying off so many different people. I know one of the other things that happened last week that I didn't even pull a story from was GameSpot laid off a bunch of different writers and everything. So I'm I'm hoping that everybody that got laid off um, from all of these different companies, both the development, um, GameSpot, you know, for news, you know, for get writers and everything like that, hoping everybody can get back on their feet and um, and find something you know good to do and, and make a good living at it. So. Jump to a little bit more fun of a story. Um, Twitch started streaming live music last week. So July 30th, um, Twitch actually started streaming DJ Steve Aoki, uh, which I actually was watching um, when he went when they went live with this. Um, he was streaming from Ibiza in Spain. Uh, it looked like it was just a huge fucking crazy party. The music that he was streaming was great. If Twitch starts doing this a little more often, I will definitely be dropping in and checking these different things out. It was pretty cool being able to watch you know, this live stream of this DJ and this 
just a huge house party kind of just looked insane. It would have been spectacular to be there. It looked like everybody was just having a great time. Now, the one thing I am really interested in if Google does buy Twitch, uh, as we have talked about in some of the past episodes, what's actually going to happen with some of these live streaming and some of the licensing for this? Because um, I'm wondering if Twitch is streaming some of this stuff, can some of the live streamers on Twitch then stream some of the music that's being played live through Twitch under their stream? Will Google allow this? Um, I don't know. I was thinking about that today because it seems like a lot of a lot of streamers are using um, Spotify and a couple of different other um, cloud solutions for streaming um, different audio while they're playing games and everything. So, and. I think a lot of people are wondering, they're pretty much under the impression that that will be stopping probably once Google takes over this whole thing. But we'll have to wait and see what really happens with that. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. So our next story is a GameSpot story. It's going to tie in with uh, what we were talking about with EA a little bit earlier. The PlayStation Now beta went live last week. Um, I checked it out. I checked out some of the games. I have not downloaded anything or tried anything or paid them. Um, a rental fee for anything. I was just in there kind of looking at some of the different prices, looking at the different service and everything. Uh, the one thing I didn't do was actually test my speed uh, connection, which I kind of wanted to do because I guess you need, um, they're recommending a 5 megabit uh, per second, which I have 30 megabit down. So I should have more than enough bandwidth to be able to stream some of this stuff. Um, I was watching some of the guys from their Giant Bomb stream. I think it was maybe their Friday stream uh, when they were actually playing some of the different games on PlayStation Now. They were trying it out. And some of the fighting games they were saying were pretty much spot on as far as no lag, not being able to notice anything. The game playing really smooth, looking really good. Uh, so it, they were... I, it sounded like they were kind of impressed with it, so I, I kind of want to check this out. The biggest thing for me is the pricing. I think the pricing structure that Sony has for this currently is just way out of the ballpark. I, I think Sony has something here that is is new. Uh, there were a couple of companies that have tried this before, like on Live. They basically bought the Gaikai service, which is what they built the whole PlayStation Now product around. Um, they have something that's new here and, and could be kind of like a paradigm shift here for the way people have access to some older software on consoles that they that they weren't able to play before. So um, I think over the 100 plus games that are out right now, a majority of those are PlayStation 3 games. Um, games you couldn't play on your PlayStation 4 and that's what the open beta is for right now. So they have 100 plus catalog catalogs of games here that are, are going to be available for people. Maybe people didn't have a PlayStation 3 that have purchased a PlayStation 4 right now, so they're going to be able to jump in and play all these old games. Um, but I, th I think the pricing that they're using is is pricing that's reminiscent of like renting a game when I was a, I was a kid back in the day with the Sega Genesis. It seems like they're almost using the same pricing model and almost the same pricing where for like a week, you know, it's like $7 or something. You know, and I think that's what we used to pay for for a game back on the Genesis and, you know, early PlayStation when we used to rent them on the PS1 and stuff. Um, and, and I, it, it just really disappoints me that they can't come, come out with a different pricing model and, and really think outside of the box for this. Um, so... They they are saying that a lot of this stuff is in beta. They, they're saying that they're listening to user feedback. There possibly may be a subscription plan for this. From what I've heard right now, it sounds like if you do have PlayStation Plus, that PlayStation Plus subscription is going to be a separate subscription from PlayStation Now, so there won't be any overlap there. 
My guess is you might get a discount if you have PlayStation Now or maybe get a game, a free game rental, maybe once a month. It would be really smart if they did something like that to try to entice people with PlayStation Plus into the PlayStation Now subscription. So there, there's just a lot of unanswered, unanswered questions with this. I need to sit down and try this and actually see how it plays myself. But um, like I said, from what I've seen and heard so far, it sounds like it sounds like it's actually working, which is which is just really cool. Because this type of technology, with me working on in, compu in the computer field in IT, just really intrigues me. And being able to see the data center that they have for this and how they have this set up would just—I would—I would just really like to see this and just understand it from the whole back end, you know, tech field. And and it, that stuff just really intrigues me. Um, but I'm sure Sony won't invite me to see any of their data centers anytime soon. So um, maybe somebody who has seen this or knows about it will be able to write something up that uh, will be able to inform us about this. So, um, But check out some of the games that they have. Like I said, they have 100-plus games. Um, one of the stories that I linked to on GameSpot has a video walkthrough of the PlayStation Now service. So um, check that out when I post that up, uh, when I post the podcast up on the site. Last news story that we're going to discuss for the day, Watchdogs will be commuting to Jersey this fall. Um, it sounds like they're, uh, they're, Ubisoft's going to be releasing some DLC um, for the Watchdogs game. It will be heading to Jersey. I have not finished the original game yet, so we'll have to wait and see if I pick up this DLC or not. Um, if we can get any of the Jersey Shore people in here, I'm sure my wife would sit down and probably play the game, but that's for a whole other time. Let's jump into what I'm playing now, since we've actually been going for quite a while on the podcast. Um, since my time got all messed up, I have no idea actually where we're at with with time, but we're just going to keep on going. Um, so just hang in there with me. Um, so one of the first games I played this past week was a board game when I went to the comic book store this past week called Terra Mystica. Wow, what a board game this was. This was a heavy board game. One of the guys that was there playing it with me um, said that this was definitely a game that you could sink your teeth into. And he goes, this is definitely not a game for the faint of heart or somebody who's a casual board gamer. And yes, I can agree with him 100%. Um, there were several of us sitting around the table when the one guy was explaining the game to us and telling us the rules, and two of the people pretty much just had their brains blown while he was describing, going through the instructions and just said they couldn't handle it. So it was a lot of information to take in during the 20 to 25 minutes that he was giving us the rundown of how the game was played. I pretty much got a good feeling for the game after the second to third round of the game, um, which was a little late for me to start getting my strategy in play because pretty much everybody else had played the game at least once before, so they had a much better strategy going on than I did. Um, but basically the game is a game that has a lot of resources in it. So it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like a resource gathering game, but it's basically a game of, I guess you can say settlement building, where you're trying to, Terra Mystica, you're trying to terraform different spots on the board which have different um, pieces of shall I say, some are like forest, some are stone. So you can you can turn those types of board spots into the, the different land, into a land that you can then build a settlement on. Um, and you have to have 
you basically start off with two different cities and you can then expand those those cities those locations and try to build up a whole city and then you get different um, victory points and basically the person with the most victory points at the end of the game wins um, I am selling this game much much easier than what it is I'm gonna have a link to um, the board game the board game geek um, site for this game so um, if you're interested in it you can watch a couple videos that they have out there for it it's a really really heavy game for board games it was extremely fun it took us probably several hours to play I would say probably between two and three hours to play that's including with with instructions since I had never played the game before um, but it, it was definitely something that I, I would like to try playing again uh, I didn't do the world's greatest at it but now that I do have a better understanding of it and how the game works and some of the strategy that goes behind it as far as building cities around your opponents or close to them because you get energy when they build close to your city or build close to a location that you own you can then get energy and when I had started the game I pray I kind of put myself at different ends of the board not really near anybody so I had to build towards my opponents which really slowed me down and pretty much by about the fourth or fifth turn which is pretty much the end of the game is when my energy and my cities and my and my all my locations really started gelling together and um, right about the time where I could really start making some good headway in the game the game was over so, um, like I said, I pretty much wasted the first three turns just trying to figure out what all needed to be done. Um, but once I had a good, good, you know, handle on that, um, it was a great game to play, and I could see why it's on a lot of people's top ten list um, as far as one of the more popular games of the past couple of years. So. One of the other games I played for the week was on the PC. Um, it was a pick, it was a game I picked up off of Steam. It's an early access game. A game I had followed that was on Kickstarter, but I actually didn't kickstart, and we have the cat back again. And we're going to have to, I think, close the room off from the cat so they don't get on the stream anymore. Um, but Hand of Fate, it's kind of like a deck-building game, you could say, along with an action combat type of adventure Um Really interesting game. The, the, the game is still in early access, so it's in beta. Um, not all the bugs are worked out. Um, there's still a lot going on with there. And Stewie, I'm going to have to ask you to just get down for now and go into the other room. Um, but I did a Saturday stream of this, which I'm working on getting the, the video feed up onto the site for. Uh, I played it on Twitch for a couple hours. Um, the game, well, I don't want to say the game crashed because I think my... I think OBS crashed on me, which is what I was using to stream, and that kind of hung up the feed and kind of screwed up my recording, but it seemed like the game was still playing, so it was something messed up with my video card, the driver, and it just everything just kind of went to hell when that happened, um, but I was able to recover, and we were able to keep on playing. Uh, definitely check this out if you're interested in um, like a, a deck building game that's on the PC and like I said it's kind of like an action combat thing so you have a couple of different decks that you're that you're going to build up as far as the deck building goes you have an equipment deck and um, not a resource deck but a who is texting me <laughs> my wife's saying we need a gate to keep the pets out Yes, that's probably not a bad idea. Um, but you have an adventure deck and an equipment deck. The adventure deck is going to give you different areas that the card dealer will flip over that you then interact with. And when you interact with these, the interactions that you can have could be you can enter a shop that's like maybe a, like a major shop 
or um, a healer shop, or it could be an event, like it could be a rock fall, where rocks fall and then you have four cards that come up on the screen that will then show you kind of like your success or failure rate at whether you survive this rock fall. So you can maybe have two successful cards and two fail cards, or you can have a success card, a fail card, and a very extremely heavy fail card, which does more damage than just the fail card. Um, so it's it was a, it's a really interesting concept as far as the deck building goes because there's other cards that will have an icon on there where you can get a token and at the at the end of your round I guess you could say because it's a roguelike game so when you die you pretty much have to start off through kind of like I guess you could say the beginning of the level again where you're basically reshuffling the adventure cards and the dealer will lay those back down in front of you uh, so dying is really is really painful because when you also start off you're also starting off with basically very basic equipment um, my character was starting off with an uh, like a, a very weak axe light armor and that's pretty much about it you start off with 100 health and and 10 food and no gold so it's it, dying in the game is is kind of tricky also when you finish a level and then we'll go on to the next one um, after you kill the boss and then move on to the next boss you're also starting off with basically the same type of equipment I just said, you're starting off with no equipment carrying over from the last one, which really had me confused at first until I kind of got a better under feeling that, okay, yes, this is their roguelike aspect to the game. The combat in the game, though, when you do experience different types of mobs, is more of an, I don't want to say a button masher type, but it is more of an action type adventure style of game. Um, more reminiscent into the combat of maybe like an Assassin's Creed, maybe like Batman, where you don't have a lot of different attacks, but you're flowing between attacking mobs in different directions. You, If you really playing with the keyboard was kind of tricky I can see why they actually have um, uh, controller support for this game and when I do play the game next time I will definitely be using a controller because I think with the controller you will have much better control and be able to get a much smoother attack going on between your opponents that you're fighting um, also you can have different shields you can pick up which can do different things as far as blocking or or, do, or, or mitigating types of damage and stuff. So it, the whole concept of the game is really interesting. I've been looking for a card game, and this may cure the itch, I think, for a little bit since it's a deck-building game, and you can unlock a lot of different cards as you go on, and then you can, as you, as you play through the game, your deck size grows, and you can add additional cards to it, remove different cards to it, so you can control the type of equipment you're carrying around and also control the type of adventures in the different areas that you will experience and interact with as you're playing through the game um, the cards that are laid out in front of you so really cool concept like I said I had followed it on Kickstarter I hadn't gotten into the Kickstarter I almost wish I would have now so I could have gotten some of the Kickstarter cards um, in reading through the forums today it sounds like the developer may be giving out um, maybe an early access card to the people who purchase early access it doesn't sound like we're going to be getting the Kickstarter cards because they do want to keep them um, for the people who did kickstart the game which I completely agree with and do not have a problem with I think the people who funded the Kickstarting actually deserve the awards or rewards that they were given, that they would be told, and that they that they really shouldn't be given to um, anybody else, even even the early access people. But I think it'll be kind of cool if we the early access people do get maybe like a card made specifically for them. Um, since you know, and the Kickstarter people can have that card too. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, I think the Kickstarter people should be entitled to pretty much everything that comes out for the game now, since they were the ones that are allowing the developer to really get the product on probably on early access that might not have happened before so 
Um, some of the other stuff I played was just a couple of older games. Um, of course, we did the Ultima One stream on Wednesday. We did the Wayback Wednesday stream. I've posted um, a couple of videos. I have a couple more videos I need to produce um, for the past couple of times I played Ultima. We have three of the four gems now. Um, we have our strength maxed out to 99. I'm actually close to probably like 9,000 health after doing a couple of things. Um, maybe one or two more episodes of that before we can jump into a couple other different games for Wayback Wednesday. Um, I played some Binding of Isaac um, on Steam as well as 10 Million, which was an older game I had picked up. Um, on the Vita, I've been picking it up and playing some pinball every now and then. Um, the Zen Pinball 2. Uh, I'm still waiting for the Walking Dead um, table to come out for that game and kind of can't wait for that. Um, so I've talked about that being on my what I want to play now list, but a couple of things that I do want to play now, um, we're going to jump to the final part of the show here, is Elite Dangerous. I was watching a stream um, on Twitch the other day, um, a couple of people playing Elite Dangerous. I had played Elite back in the day on the Commodore 64 and used to love that game. I thought the game was amazing. And now with the way the graphics look right now, um, I, I can't wait to get my hands on this game. It's in beta access right now. The game costs 75 bucks. Um, if you want to play through the beta, uh, you can pick it up also for $50 and wait for the game to actually be released. It looks like they've actually stayed true to heart to Elite um, from what I remember playing uh, back in the day. So that's a game that when that does come out, I'll definitely be picking it up. I don't know if I'll be, I don't think I'll be picking up the beta with everything I currently have to play right now on my list. Um, I, I'm, I'm just going to wait for it to get released. Um, and then I also want to play The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 4. I haven't had a chance to sit down and play that on the PS3 yet. Um, I need to get that downloaded and play that. Um, after playing Episode 3, I really want to see what happens to to the whole gang that's in that Walking Dead episode. So um, Episode 4 is definitely on my horizon, and hopefully I will get some time to play that this week. But I think that will be about it for this episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Um, remember to... Send us some emails. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you think. Um, let me know what you think of the green screen back here. Um, still working on kind of tweaking some of this stuff. I picked up X, X Split earlier today. It seemed to be about the easiest way for me to get this working. Um, I was trying to use OBS and having some problems, and I tried a couple of the pieces of software, but XSplit seemed to be one of the first ones where I could get this working nice and easy, and um, I'm thinking it turned out okay. Um, so it's a lot better than the white sheet behind me. It's a little different. Still, I'm still trying to get used to seeing something behind me than the white sheet. So send up some emails, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Also our Google Plus page, plus.google.com slash then the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast. And of course, please follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Some follows on there would be great. Also, rate us on iTunes. Um, any ratings on there, any reviews, any any type of feedback that we could get on iTunes and on the Zoom Music Store or the Xbox Music Store, or whatever the hell Microsoft is calling it nowadays. Um, if you're using one of those, that would be great. Um, but just give us some feedback so we can let us know how to make the show better for everybody out there. So thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week. Keep playing some games and let us know what you're playing now. We'll catch you next week. Thanks a lot. <laughs>